Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bike Walk Wichita monthly podcast. I'm Kim Newfeld, your executive director, and I'm at headquarters recording with Amy. Hi, everyone. In this episode, Alan interviews Sedgwick County Commissioner Sarah Lopez. We share upcoming events and opportunities to give feedback to the city and county about budgets. We highlight one of our awesome sponsors, and we'll also shine the spotlight on this month's volunteer. Thanks for tuning in and joining us as we talk all things Bike Walk. So upcoming events for August, we have so many things going on. And even with August 1st, with the release of this podcast, an event is going on today, Lucky's Everyday Slow and Steady Charity Ride. Yeah, I'm really, really excited. $10 raffle tickets and a brand new uh, business partner who is located just around the corner from us on Douglas. So really excited to uh, get involved with Lucky's. The sun is shining, and so we are out for the second Sunday Slow Roll and Stroll in District 3. And actually, the next three Slow Rolls and Strolls will actually be dedicated to learning more about um, our local elections and who's running for office. So we will be hosting a Slow Roll um, and Stroll event in each of the three districts that have upcoming elections for our city council members and inviting any candidates uh, to come out and to learn more about what is going on in their district. So excited. Join us for that. Meet your fellow neighbors and possibly meet uh, a future legislator. That's right. The Midtown Cleanup is happening on August 15th, and that is just a really light litter cleanup. Uh, bring, you know, bring gloves, wear sturdy footwear, and meet us at 13th and Market at 2 p.m. We hope to see you there. I am super excited for this year's Iron Chili Head Fest at Johnson's Garden Center. So join us August 21st. Bike Walk Wichita will be providing the bike parking again, and Marty will be putting on an awesome afternoon uh, event. All things chili-related and all sorts of delicious appetizers and beer and stuff. Join us for that event. And August 28th is Care Fest and Pedal Fest. And I know a lot of our biking folks will uh, have been very involved in the past with Pedal Fest, and HeartSpring is expanding it. It is a great fundraiser for a great organization doing amazing work here in the community and definitely one that I've enjoyed uh, participating in the past. They do a really good job of putting on their walks and rides. So I think well supported. Was, I think a pedal fest was one of the first rides you and I did together. Yes, I and, would say yes, absolutely. Yeah, and we had so much fun. I'm also excited. Uh, Bike Walk Wichita recently was awarded a grant from United Healthcare Foundation, and it is an empowering health grant. So we will be uh, organizing a whole bunch of walks and rides going on in two neighborhoods. We have Evergreen, and we also have Fairmount neighborhood identified. And then with also two priority groups, LGBTQ friends, and also our refugee families who are settled here in Wichita, mostly around the Harry and Oliver area. So just very excited to get out, get to know them more, build more connections, um, and just get more people out active. So stay tuned. We will be sharing lots of great updates about that grant and the work that we'll be able to do now in this community. And before we 
jump into our interview, we want to take a moment to thank our amazing local business sponsors for 2021. REI at K96 in Greenwich carries high quality adventure gear, clothing, bikes, lightweight camp gear, and food to support you for your next bike or hike. Cargill Soybean and Biodiesel Plant, located on 13th Street, is producing renewable and clean-burning fuel from waste vegetable oils, fats, and restaurant grease for use in diesel vehicles. The funding helped us expand Recycle Shop to get more people riding this year. Also, thanks to Truck Stuff, who helps elevate our adventures by installing hitches, bike racks, and anything you need to haul your bike and adventure gear. Bicycle Peddler and Bicycle Exchange not only provide you with a large selection of bikes and gear, but they have been advocating for bike lanes, trails, and safety improvements for decades. Thank you so much. Kansas Department of Transportation provides an annual grant to BikeWalk Wichita to purchase lights for all of our bikes that roll out of Recycle. And they also support Operation Firefly outreach that helps make our streets safer for all road users. W, also known as the Young Professionals of Wichita, has provided a grant to increase outreach. They also helped us host the ICT Field Day and uh, several slow strolls. So really excited to partner with W and a lot of the young professionals here in Wichita. Also, Lucky's Everyday Lazy Social Cycling Club is our newest sponsor, and we would love for you to check them out. They have some awesome merch and also, like I mentioned, they're located conveniently just around the corner from our headquarters. So drop into Lucky's every day and check them out and say thank you. Visionary Print can help you with your podcast, video, and promotional materials. So watch for our online store as we go live with all sorts of fun bike walk merchandise. Hi there, I'm Alan Kaler. And today we're talking with Sedgwick County Commissioner from District 2, who's also the newest member on the county commission, Sarah Lopez. Thank you for your time. Thank you for coming to see us. We're looking forward to the conversation. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here this morning. Great. Well, can we begin just by asking you to introduce yourself? What do we, what do we need to know about you sure. as a commissioner and a, a person? Oh, gosh. Well, um, so like you said, I just started here. I've been with the county for six months now. And before that, I worked in IT and healthcare. So I was with Ascension via Christie for about 15, almost 16 years. Started out clinical, going to school to be a nurse, working with patients. Realized nursing, you have, if you're a nurse, you have to be a very special person. You have to have the right heart for it. And I was not able to leave the stuff at the hospital and not take that home. And so I had to really reevaluate what I wanted to do with my life. So. I changed gears. I went for IT at school. And then when I graduated, transitioned from clinical into IT, but stayed with Ascension. And so I was really fortunate that I was able to just work my way up. I went from help desk to operations and physically working on hardware to application support and project management. And then when I mm. left, I did, um, I was on a national team and I did all of our IT hardware management for the South Central part of the region. So it's kind of an unusual process, I guess, to get to politics. Um, but it, it works out really well because I do have such a variety of background that I can pull from in this role. And I'm, I'm really excited to be able to utilize a lot of that. Right. Well, in fact, how, how did you become interested then in running for the <laughs> county commission? Well, politics was not in my 10-year plan. <laughs> I mean, I had my career path pretty laid out. But 
really what changed that my daughter had some ran into some issues at school and she didn't have the same type of protections that other kids had in school and and I as her mom was completely not okay with that and so we we worked with the USC 259 Board of Education and and was able to update their non-discrimination policy and so all students then at that point forward have the same protections and the same rights mm-hmm. and so from there I had been asked to run for a few different seats and you know as a single parent with a full-time career that eliminates any state level stuff because there's just no way I could leave for a few months to go to Topeka that's just not ever Mm going to happen and then I looked at um, or I was asked to run for city council but that's a supposed to be a part-time job but you can't make that a part I mean Mm -hmm. you have to really be able to put your energy into that and with three kids and a full-time job there's just no way I could do that I happened to just be somewhere with Commissioner Lacey Cruz one evening, and I mean, we were not friends before, so it was kind of an unusual meeting, but then she was just like, you should really think about the county. And, you know, people, I don't think, really think about the county when they think local politics. And I was like, well, the county, I I don't know if I, you know, I just don't know if it's a good fit. I don't know if politics is for me. I, I wasn't a super political person growing up or anything. So I'm like, I I wasn't sure if that was the right fit. But then I looked into it a little bit more and the counties are board of health. They do Mm -hmm. a lot with public health and that's, you know, obviously health isn't my background. And, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to try it. I tell my kids to go and follow their passions. And, you know, one thing I loved about working for Ascension is we would take anybody, whether you had the ability or inability to pay. And so that really grew my love for public service and just making sure that everybody had the same kind of well, that they could get the same kind of quality care regardless of their socioeconomic status. And so I thought, I can't tell my kids to follow their passions and then I don't do the same. And then especially with my daughters, you know, I want them to be able to see themselves in any kind of role as they grow up. And I want them to know that they can be in these leadership roles, but there's never been anybody that looks like us in these seats before. So I thought that was also important to show my girls. And then I was coaching soccer at the time and, and those girls as well that, this is possible. You don't have to be a certain person or have a certain background or fit a certain criteria to make change in your community. And so that's kind of why I decided to run. I did not think that I was going to win, um, but it worked out. COVID hit, I mean, unfortunately, but it really highlighted the need to have somebody on our board of health that has some kind of medical background. And I know I'm not a doctorate, but I went to school to be a nurse and um, did work clinical for many years. And so I was able to really talk through some of those issues and concerns that we were seeing last year that just didn't really have, we didn't have that perspective on the board at the time. Great. Well, actually, we'll come back to this. Nobody knows what this, uh, what the uh, county commission does yes. <laughs> issue. But uh, first, uh, as Bike Walk Wichita, mm-hmm. as a, a biking and, and walking uh, advocacy organization, I want to ask just an introductory uh, question about that. What's, what's your experience with biking and walking in, in Sedgwick County, in your neighborhood? Well, you know, I've got to say in my neighborhood, so I'm on the south side. I represent the south side. I live on the south side. We don't have the same. We don't have paths on the south side. We don't have sidewalks on the south side hardly. And so for me, if I want to just get my bike out of my garage with my kids and go for a, you know, a bike ride, we have to first leave our neighborhood, which is just one, basically one street with a couple of cul-de-sacs. And then 
go out to 47th, which is 50 miles an hour. There's no shoulders. There's no sidewalk. So we have to try and get our bikes down the street enough where there's a trailer park over not too far away and then there's a there's a sidewalk around there so we can ride our bikes around that park a few times and call it good but it's kind of dangerous to get there Mm -hmm. so we don't Mm -hmm. really have that accessibility unless we pack the bikes up and go and you know i love the bike share that you can just go and so i can pack my son's bike in my car pretty easily but that's about all that fits so Mm -hmm. um if we go Mm -hmm. to the park or something then i could hop on a bike there and you know we can we used to do that and make that work but we just don't have those options really close enough to to where we live all right well we'll definitely get into that more too (laughs) uh, uh later on but uh, let's let's talk about the role of the county and the and, and the city governments. What is the role of the Sedgwick County Commission? How do you and how do you view your role? Uh, Sedgwick County is a little unusual in in Kansas, at least, in in that the vast majority of the population is within the city uh, limits of, mm-hmm. of Wichita, and there is a city government, but there's also the county government. Mm-hmm. How do you, as a county commissioner? assess those different uh, populations, your responsibility to them, and what your role is? Well, so the county really, we have three main pillars, public health, public safety, and public works. And so we have the sheriff's department. The city of Wichita has Wichita Police Department. So we do have a lot of overlapping things like we both work on roads they work on roads internally inside the city we work on the roads outside of city limits between Hayesville and Clearwater, those are my smaller cities and mm-hmm. in my district. But um, so we we have to work with our city partners a lot. And one thing I think we can do better on is really growing those relationships. I mean, if you go to these big cities around the country, so many of them have such an integrated city county government, and we are just not there. So I think that's going to be kind of the next step to take. Mm. That's going to make things more efficient. It'll be cost savings. It'll We can hopefully provide better services to people in our community if we can really come together in some of these key ways. Now, we're starting to talk about Parks and Rec, a merger of, of that department right now. And and just, I mean, this, this is going to be probably, and it's not easy by any means, but comparing that to fire or those departments, it'll be one of the easier one so it's a great way to start this process and really see how we can do better but I mean we do a lot of the same thing so like I said roads but one thing that the county does and I'm sure you guys have been hearing a lot about right now is our EMS department we're Mm -hmm. the only um, provider of that service so we kind of have a monopoly on EMS and you know for whatever reason that came about but the city and county have a contract worked out that the city will not provide that service and that only we will. And so um, there's just a lot of different aspects that we do kind of overlap, but I also kind of think the city gets to do a lot. They get to do a lot more fun things and the county we do, um, you know, public health is such an important piece and I think it gets overlooked a lot. And so I I really want to bring more of a, um, a highlight to public health going forward. Just nationally health has been, funding has been cut pretty drastically over the past couple of decades and you know it's not the most fun topic because at times when you you're living in a healthy environment and things you know aren't terrible 
you, you don't see how much we need that. And then when we have the pandemic comes in and we see how understaffed and underfunded we are, we're like, well, why haven't we been funding this more? So one good thing from COVID is we get, really get to highlight what the county does for public health. But um, I think there's a lot of ways that we can partner better with our cities going forward. But a lot of people, I just don't think, really realize the difference between who does mm -hmm. what. And so yeah. I think we can do better there, too, on just explaining um, or putting information out that this is city, this is county. But we all work together. I mean, I get all kinds of emails that are city problems, and my city partners get all kinds of emails that are county problems. <laughs> and mm -hmm. we kind of just have to hand them off and just kind of work through right. them. But um, so far, it's been it's been pretty a pretty easy handoff here and there. But so yeah. far, so good. Yeah. Well, as you say, the county commission is the board of health. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a background in health, and you had said in your campaign that one of your major emphases was uh, going to be on public health, improving that. We are not a, a health care provider. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not directly involved in health care, but we've seen that having uh, some activity, uh, biking and, and walking, does have a significant positive impact on health, especially during the lockdowns during COVID, uh, we saw a lot more people out uh, mm -hmm. walking and biking, and there's a lot more, even more evidence that uh, walking and biking is good for your for your mental health as well as your uh, uh, physical health. So, as health board, I think you know it's certainly mm -hmm. within the purview of the of the county commission to promote activity, uh, uh, biking and, and and walking in whatever way they can. Absolutely, uh, we'd like to. I'd like to see the, the commission focus uh, on that uh, in the future. Another emphasis that you highlighted in your, in your campaign was the need for jobs and businesses mm -hmm. uh, in uh, the county. Again, biking and walking, I think, has a role in that. W, the Young Professionals Organization mm -hmm. associated with the Chamber of Commerce, I think, you're on the board, aren't you? I, I'm a part of the, <laughs> You're yeah, part of that. I'm not yeah. on the board, but I am okay, a member. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did a survey, um, I think, last year of uh, people about what their uh, young professionals, what their mm -hmm. impetus or what their concerns were in looking for a job, and they ranked um, a number of different factors. After all of the job-related factors, obviously, the salary sure. and that sort of thing, Two of the most uh, important things that uh, the young professionals cited as being important were having a vibrant, uh, walkable urban core and having outdoor recreation uh, activities. Yeah. How can the how can the county uh, uh, work to uh, build those uh, in the effort to uh, attract talent and businesses to the to the area? Well, I think that's a really good thing to start looking at. So I am a member of W. I'm also a member of the Young Latino Professionals as well. And I think there is kind of a culture shift, I mean, between the older generation and uh, the more millennial generation and younger. We really want to see more when it comes to quality of life. And, you know, overall, health and wellness is a big aspect of that. And mental health is a huge aspect of that. And so when we look at places we want to settle down and raise our families, we want to be able to be somewhere where we can be outdoors because being outside is such a huge help for mental health. I mean, just being, it's amazing when, when we're going through COVID, that's the one thing I know that if I need, if my mind was just all kinds of 
you know, scrambled up that day, I would just get out with my dogs and take them on a walk. And it's incredible just how much that can really impact your life. And so it's, it's really an important conversation to start having. I think we need to make sure that young professionals are better represented. I'm really happy that I can be on this board and, and bring that voice to it. Um, but then when we look at all of our boards that we have under the county, I mean, it's important that we are at these tables because we are the future of this community and we need to make sure that we're helping develop it in a way that we want to see and that we want to see our children um, be able to prosper in a way that maybe we don't have all of those things now, but what can we do so our kids want to stay? And so Mm -hmm. we can bring in more talent. I mean, one thing with COVID that we really see is people are working remotely now in a way that they never have. So how can we bring people to Wichita or to Sedgwick County and and have people work from home but want to live here. I mean, we can really lean into the affordability of our community, but that only goes so far. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to start thinking outside of that. And one of the biggest things we can do is improve quality of life. And being outdoors and creating these walkable paths and bikeable paths is a huge piece of that. And it just adds so much to just what we can do and and really how we can spend our time and we don't have to be cooped up inside or we don't have to like what i have to do now put some bikes in a car and drive Mm -hmm. across town to do something if we can just have that easily accessible it's a game changer and i think it is does help retain our young talent that we already have but hopefully bring in more i think becoming a more inclusive community i think having more diversity and that's you know diversity of age is a big is a big one but really being just more inclusive to those ideas and concepts are going to be helpful to get us to that next level. You mentioned your own difficulties with, uh, with, with getting around uh, by bike. What can the, uh, the county do to improve the environment for, for cycling and walking in the, within the county? You know, I think that's kind of a hard one because that's really if it's within the city limits, that's going to fall more to the city side. But I think we can be a big advocate and we can help kind of push some of those conversations along. We can, you know, bring information to our city council members and really show why it's so important and just how this can improve the quality of life and really why that's also such an important aspect and piece of this too. So I think there's a good way to partner with our city, you know, council members and and go forward. But I, you know, I'm still in the I'm still in the learning process here, so I don't know exactly what the county, um, as the county itself by itself, can do. But I mm-hmm. definitely think there's a way to partner. Well, one of the main functions that the that the county has uh, within the county itself, outside of the cities, is the responsibility for the roads and the infrastructure. Yes. Again, as you mentioned, relatively few of the roads in the county have shoulders now. Yep. And many of them are 55 plus uh, speed limits. Mm-hmm. One of the big uh, safety things would be just not build any more roads without <laughs> shoulders. Yeah, uh, that's a good, that's, I mean, that's a really good thing that we can look at. And I, you know, because I just started on the WAMPO board, I know mm-hmm. that's one that we really are discussing is how can we stop looking at things just as a road for your car to get down, but how can it be um, safe for all kinds of transportation modes? And then how can we make it so people can walk safely? And so I know those are conversations that are happening right now. I think it's a lot more normal to have those conversations Mm -hmm. now than it was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I am really excited that we're starting down that process and we're kind of having that 
mind shift when it comes to some of these things. But I think really just kind of pushing that narrative forward and continuing to push that and make sure that that's not being left out on any of these conversations is going to be key. Okay. Well, actually, let's talk about uh, WAMPO, uh, the Wichita Area Metropolitan Planning Organization. It's a good, good reason to call it WAMPO after, yes, <laughs> rather than, than that long name. Uh, you, are, you have just been named uh, very recently, in the last couple of months, I think, to mm-hmm. the uh, Transportation Policy Board on that. Have you had a chance to think about what the priorities for WAMPO should be? Well, you know, we need to do better. I can say from the south side, right, mm-hmm. we need to do better on the south side on just transportation, period. We have a real lack of public transportation on the south side. Mm-hmm. We have a lack of walkability and bikeability. I mean, we just don't have the same options as maybe our metro area does or downtown or any of that. Mm-hmm. So we, we need to look at expanding that to other areas and, and not have it just in certain spaces, but really opening that up to you know the outer lying areas too so that's important to me just because that's the area that i represent but i do think that there's a lot of opportunity i'm really excited for this uh, federal bill to be hopefully passed the nonpartisan infrastructure bill and seeing how we can utilize that to uh, start some of these projects that are looking like they're 10 years down the line. Mm-hmm. How can we move those forward? How can we bring on new projects? How can we be more inclusive to other forms of transportation? I mean, Amtrak's is one that we're mm-hmm. looking at. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's just so many possibilities because that is a lot of money that could be potentially coming. And really, we have to do everything possible to be to move our community forward and not just have the same kind of mindset on a lot of this because our grandchildren are going to be paying this off and so we need to do whatever we can to improve their lives with this money when we get it so i'm I'm really excited that was kind of my main reason to get on this board because the south side really does need some extra help mm-hmm. and um, i know that if i wasn't on the board pushing for that then who would so that was one reason but then also with just this federal Uh, money coming down for infrastructure, I wanted to make sure that I had at least somewhat of a say in how that got spent. And so that Mm -hmm. was, those were kind of my priorities to getting involved with this. And then if you don't have transportation, I mean, you can't have economic development. And so Mm -hmm. that's a big piece Mm -hmm. for, I think, with the South Side as well as we we need to focus on. At the last WAMPO TPB meeting, uh, there was a presentation on commuting patterns uh, within the WAMPO region. By the way, the the Wampo region is essentially the Sedgwick County with a little bit of overlap into uh, through Andover and and Mulvane. But I believe there are actually more people going in and out of Wichita uh, Mm -hmm. for jobs than there are that work work and live in Wichita. Uh, There's a tremendous amount of movement among the different cities uh, within the region. We've been talking about biking and walking, but... Uh, transit is also a big component of, of uh, transportation, as you, as you mentioned. Has there been any consideration to or thought of expanding the transit from you know to serve some of these outlying communities to those to serve those commuters between the cities? Well, that's something I've been starting to think about. And again, transit's really um, within Wichita as a city council. 
thing, right? So, but I think it's really important because I kind of look at the county as a go-between between some of like Wichita and our smaller cities surrounding mm-hmm. that are in Cedric County. Um, I really think that we can be that that group that can help kind of combine these two mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how can we really start doing more projects like that where there's more connectivity between the smaller cities and and you know I just don't I don't know how far that's gotten if that's been in much conversation but I think it should be I think that's kind of an equity issue as well and really just making sure that everybody has access to um, get to a job that they would like to be at and that's not possible for everyone right now so I do think that that's something that we should start considering and looking at how that would be possible and really the next steps to go with that um, I just haven't mm-hmm. I haven't gotten that deep into it yet I understand uh, you've only like I said you've only been there a, few, a couple, a couple of meetings yeah know. just a couple of meetings yeah, so far I, I understand <laughs> WAMPO also has a couple of other committees uh, mm-hmm. that we're very interested in the safety they have a safety and health committee mm-hmm. and an active transportation committee you have a background again in in, in health uh, uh, encourage you to uh, uh, participate in, in those meetings. I think the, the meeting, those are just being held virtually. I think that would be that uh, an interesting uh, way for you to have some, get some background and have some input. Uh, Absolutely. Into, uh, no, I would love to get more idea. involved on yeah. that side of the piece. So any any of those meetings, if I can just log in especially, <laughs> makes yeah. it a lot easier. So I would definitely love to just kind of sit back and listen and get as much information as I can. Right. And I'm actually the co-chair of the Active Transportation Committee in WAMPO, and we have been uh, getting presentations from the different communities in the region Mm -hmm. on their bike and pedestrian plans and needs. And one of the interesting things that we've heard from virtually everyone that has made a presentation is that they are working on developing uh, bike and pedestrian networks within their city. Mm -hmm. But what they really need help with is uh, the connectivity uh, of those uh, facilities between uh, the cities. So, you know, again, that's something that not only WAMPO can uh, focus on, mm-hmm. but is also within the something that the county can can uh, look into and, and assist with. Well, if we can help in any way, I mean, please let me know. And if there are meetings coming up, if you just want to shoot those over to me, and I'd love to join what I can Great. and just kind of take that. Well, conversation well, maybe back to the commissioners and onto the bench and see how we can help in that space. Okay. Well, we'll include you on the uh, on the uh, notice good. list then. <laughs> what do you think that uh, the most important thing that either the, the county or, or WAMPO can do to improve biking and walking in the area? Well, I think a couple of things we need to do is just listen to what our community wants and what they say they need and how we can be helpful. Um, one thing I found kind of repeatedly is we come in with these great ideas, but we don't always necessarily get community input from the area. And so we can have um, put surveys out and if people answer it, but they don't actually live in the area we're looking at helping, then it's not as helpful as it could be. So I think really just outreach and talking to our community members, seeing what they need and how we can be of assistance, and then taking that information back and getting with our experts and saying, how can we make some of this a reality? So I'm a big component of just closing my mouth, listening to what people are saying, what they need, and then trying to figure out the best possible path forward. So I think that kind of answers a lot of questions, but I think here especially, 
I just want to hear what what people actually need and then see how we can make some of that a reality. There's a uh, national organization that has recently had a lot of uh, publicity and and, uh, influence uh, called Strong Towns that focuses on overall sort of the financial resiliency of mm-hmm. communities and, and, and local governments, but with a particular focus on uh, transportation and the needs there because the transportation and other infrastructure takes such a huge portion of the, yeah. uh, of the budgets. But one of their core principles is that instead of having a top-down planning and big concepts that government leaders should, in their words, I think, humbly observe where people are struggling and have yes. needs, and then see what the next simplest thing that you that the government can do to uh, yep. assist them in that. I so. kind of look at it just as a common sense approach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, maybe because my background isn't in politics, I can see things a little bit different than um, some of my colleagues might, but I do think it's really important to just listen to the people that we represent and see the best path forward and actually what they need and not what we think they need. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that we're starting advisory boards at the county, so I just started mine. We had our second meeting last week, and um, just really being able to listen to the folks that live there and, and can kind of tell me what direction I need to be looking at and the path I need to go, because I came into this role and I can tell you my priorities and what's most important to me, but I didn't elect mm-hmm. myself here, and I'm not my own boss. So <laughs> my constituents are and I want them to know that you know what's most important to them is really going to drive what I do you know in my time that I have here. All right well what is one thing that you would urge the citizens to do to help make Sedgwick County uh, healthier safer or more prosperous? You know I think really just trying to figure out what it would take to be able to do more walking and you know can they get to their jobs in a different transportation mode than just driving a car. I mean, one good thing about Wichita is it takes, I think the average is 17 minutes to get anywhere you need to go. And so that's great, but then it also, the downside is, is people don't wanna utilize other forms of transportation as much. And so Mm -hmm. just having those conversations and seeing what we can do to go forward. Now, I think public health obviously is such a big piece of this and, and one that I don't know if it gets enough attention when we look at transportation, but it really is important that we're getting outside and that we're being active and we're staying active, not only for our physical health, but for our mental health. And so last year was just horrible. And we're all, I think, still kind of in this COVID fog and really trying to look at how do we get past this, but also remembering some of the things that we got out of this. And, you know, one big part of that is there was such a stigma around mental health, and there still is in many ways, but that's dropped significantly. And and we really need to capitalize on this time where people are more willing to have conversations about mental health and their own personal mental health or the struggles of others that they know and just being able to start um, putting a different face on, on what mental health looks like. Like I'm very open with the fact that I go to therapy, I have anxiety and I would be a mess if I didn't talk through some of that stuff and I definitely wouldn't be nearly, um, I wouldn't be the best mom I could be or the best person on this board that I could be if I didn't really 
work through some of that. And so I think just opening up about mental health, but then how we can do more as a community to promote wellness. And, you know, there's a lot that we could do, but having more access to being able to just get out and take a walk easier. I mean, that's huge. And we need to be able to start providing that more. And so that's a big piece of it. And I know it's, I don't know if it's one that's talked about as much, but just looking at the health piece of this. But then, I mean, looking at walkability and and bikeability, property values go up in areas that you can do that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. people spend more money if they're walking by shops. I mean, there's so much that goes into it that really is an economic driver and all these different aspects. So I think it's important that we're having these conversations like this. I love Mm -hmm. the work that you guys are doing and and I want to be able to help in any way that I can. So I hope that you utilize me while I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in this seat and and however I can be of assistance, but it's it's extremely important that health piece, but then everything else obviously is is really important. But that's just where my heart is. Yeah. So, well, great. Well, thank you. So, if someone wants to communicate with you uh, about any issues or or anything, what's the best way to get hold of you? Email me is a good one, which is just sarah.lopez at sedgwick.gov. You can call six six zero ninety three hundred. That gets you to. The most amazing women, Lisa and Carol, and they do a lot of our scheduling and they're fabulous. So you can call and and talk to them and they can put you through to us or my cell phone number. I put it on all my cards. That's uh, 316-871-8122. Call me, text me. I prefer text if possible, just because it's easier. Um, But I mean, any way that you can, social media, whatever's easiest for you, I'm pretty accessible. All right. Well, Thank you very much for your time, for your for your thoughts. We look forward to working with you too, uh, into it. your time on the commission. So, thank Fantastic. you very much. Thank you. What a great interview with Sarah Lopez. I love that she has such a blend of medical and technology skills and experience. I mean, this is such an asset to our county commission. I mean, technology has always been an interest of mine, and. I have seen that a lot of government agencies are in dire need of technology upgrades to meet community needs and to be relevant in the 21st century. Absolutely. I know it's something that definitely our city and county, you know, are working to upgrade Mm -hmm. uh, and to make improvements to. um, And and it's vitally important to so many areas that uh, impact our lives. So it's really exciting when, you know, we have a new commissioner who can come in with some different experience uh, that's just going to help the entire team better lead, right. you know, us into the future. Yes. So we, are, we, are, we were so excited uh, to meet with Commissioner Lopez, and she mentioned that public health is a core function, you know, of the commission. And, of course, we know that biking, walking, active living greatly impacts that. So. Yes. It is a perfect relationship, you know, to expand, uh, and I cannot wait to work with her more. Uh, just a really great personality and approach to, to her work. So very excited. Um, also, as she mentioned, the county and the city are both entering into their budget seasons. And uh, so it's really important uh, to give, you know, your input uh, to help the decision makers guide, you know, how the budget is prioritized. 
Right. And we are so terribly nerdy. I know. <laughs> we find budgets interesting. And I know that most people don't. Most people hear about budgets through some sensationalized article that summarizes everything. But in reality, budgets are complex and tedious. I know that the uh, city has a budget process where they will have some public input and the county has an opportunity to provide input online. So you can definitely interact in those ways. Yes. So if you go back, we in the show notes, we will include a link to the city council meeting where um, the manager outlined the draft of yes. the budget. That's very helpful. And then we will also provide the links to the actual city and county budgets so that you can view them and... Uh, email them any input that you have. It's always great to uh, be able to provide some informed, you know, and educated input to them. So, right. And there are some great projects in the budget. Definitely check those out and uh, give, your, give your feedback to them. Yes. So speaking of city council, we actually have several bike ped projects that, you know, are important, really important right now. Uh, the North Broadway Modernization, which we've talked about 13th to 21st Street, uh, it will have, you know, bike lanes added, turn lane, nice features uh, added to make it safer for all users. Um, if you want to learn more about that, you can check out our June episode where Amy and I uh, kind of dished on that project and on some uh, media that had been going on. Another project we'd like to highlight is the downtown traffic signal improvements. And this project will... Uh, replace aging traffic equipment and vehicle detection and install pedestrian push buttons and reconstruct wheelchair ramps and improve the signal timing coordination. This will help uh, the travel efficiency along the one and a half mile corridor that includes 13 traffic signals between McLean and Hydraulic along Douglas Avenue. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty uh, big project. They've been working on it for years, and we've provided input multiple times. And mm -hmm. most of it is really great. We're a little unhappy with uh, installing pedestrian push buttons. That is not best practice. That's actually taking us backwards. Uh, best practice is that every time there's mm -hmm. the ability for pedestrians to cross, that the signal should naturally state that and. But other than that, we think this is a really great project. Um, of course, just working with the city engineers to ensure that mm -hmm. the timing that they are right. looking to adjust it to does yeah. not encourage and speeding. I think, and I think yeah. this is one of those uh, projects where technology improvements can really play into planning. It's incredible how much you think about what goes into how those lights are timed, what they factor in. And just as you were talking about, we definitely don't want to encourage speeding in a part of town where we want people to walk from business to business. Exactly. And, you know, we've also talked about wheelchair ramps. So our friends who have disabilities, we want to be sure that they feel safe to interact on those roadways as well. We just need to be sure that all of these different factors are taken into consideration the signaling is definitely a big part of that. It absolutely is. So our advocacy team is definitely staying on top of this project. Um, but definitely, if you have input, feel free 
uh, to share your stories, especially. Those are very helpful for staff uh, and the decision makers as well. And this project, you know, is anticipated to be completed pretty quickly, early 2022, as long as they can get it done uh, with all the supply issues. So yeah. Looking forward to, to getting this done because having this done means we can move on to actually talking about the reconfiguration of Douglas Avenue Yes, uh, between yes. the stretch. So yay, city. Thank you for these uh, great projects. And we are also following McLean and several other, about two dozen projects uh, in play right now. So as you see those orange cones out around town and stuff, also understand that those are really needed improvements. Um mm -hmm. It may delay you. We need to definitely take care of, you know, right. our roads and make them more usable for all road users. Yeah. So maintenance is important. So Amy, I know you have had a chance finally to also meet the brand new owners of Bicycle Peddler. Oh my goodness, Tyler and his wife are just delightful. We are so excited to see just some new energy, some new uh, excitement, and it sounds like they have some really awesome plans uh, for the store. Yes. We are super excited uh, to welcome them back to Wichita and also just see what they're going to, to do. I know they've talked about adding in some different brands, some yes. clothing and apparel brands, um, and some really interesting gear yeah. uh, that will help make our, our rides even more enjoyable and uh, trendy. Right. It's definitely um, kind of reinvigorated a little bit of the bike community around town. And yeah. And I, I love the energy that they're bringing. And thank you for joining us and continuing to be a sponsor with Bike Walk Wichita. Yes, we really appreciate it. Thank you, Bicycle Peddler. Hi, I'm Ronnie Wooster, the volunteer coordinator at Bike Walk Wichita. It's now time for us to look at this month's volunteer spotlight. For the month of August, we'll be shining the spotlight on Sakura Roy and Shane Timmons. Bike Walk Wichita first met Sakura and Shane at the beginning of July. They started coming consistently multiple times a week to volunteer with bike repair and recycle. I'm especially thankful for their presence in the shop because they're very kind and keep everyone entertained. We've had many laughs back there since they've joined us. I also want to thank them for their willingness to help where it's needed. Shane stepped up by teaching others how to repair bikes, despite being new at it, and Sakura noticed a need at the front desk on Thursday evenings, so she volunteered to help learn how to run the front of the shop. Thank you to Shane and Sakura for your hard work and what you've done for Bike Walk Wichita. And if you'd like to join the fun, you can visit www.bikewalkwichita.org volunteer to see what kind of opportunities we have. Or you can email me, Ronnie, that's R-O-N-I at bikewalkwichita.org. Well, it looks like our time is up for this episode. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope to see you around town. If you are interested in taking action, connecting us with your neighborhood, or have an idea, please let us know. Thanks to everyone, including Amy, Ronnie, and all of our awesome volunteers for making the podcast and the magic at Bike Walk Wichita happen. Thank you, Kim. And we will see you out and around town. <laughs>